to the Injured List Podcast, your source for all sports injury topics. For the weekend warrior to the sports fantasy guru, we keep you in the action and out of the injured list. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List Podcast, Brian Scott. up everybody welcome to another edition of the injured list your host brian scott here glad to have you with us for yet another episode and today's episode is very special we have another in-studio guest joining us brandon opry he's a financial advisor and owner of trust tree financial which provides financial planning and investment management for individuals and small businesses alike he's been doing this over 20 years and he has used discipline strategies and personal planning partnering with people to help them achieve their financial independence. And Brandon's going to sit down with us and we're going to talk about some financial planning strategies, but we're also going to talk about some sports injury stuff. And he's got some questions for us that we're going to answer in the second half of the episode. So sit back, relax, and thanks for listening. We'll be with you after this. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. Devil's Advocate is a weekly sports talk show for the casual and diehard sports fan to be heard. My good friend, host Abe Delgado, wants to provide a show that is all about the fans. You can come on live or call to give your opinions on anything sports. I'm a regular guest on the show, talk about all things related to sports injuries. So we hope you'll join us and participate every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. Hey everybody, welcome to the Engine List. Brian Scott, your host. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Special guest in studio today, Brandon Oprey, owner, CEO, of his own company, Trust Tree Financial. Brandon, welcome to the studio. Oh, thanks for having me, Brian. It's so nice to be here. One of the nicest podcast studios I've ever been in. Thank you. Thank you very much. We take pride in the, our surroundings here. Now, people are probably wondering why you're on the show, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But first, I want to know about your company, what you guys do, or what you do. And... um so why don't you give us a little bit of history, uh, Trust Tree Financial, how it got started, where it's going, and uh, how things are going now, given the current financial situation of the uh, economy in the United States here. Yeah, so I do run this uh, financial planning firm called Trust Tree Financial. I've been in the business uh, helping people with their investments and planning for, I don't know, 23, 24 years now. I started the company about three years ago. After um, a long tenure at some of the biggest wealth management firms out there, and it's been great. I still do the same job, providing advice for clients and uh, helping manage their financial futures. Any good advice for those of us that are maybe 
have been thinking about it, but haven't actually pulled the trigger on maybe setting up ourselves for retirement or financial planning? Uh, what's, what's probably your number one kind of advice to those people who are looking to get started, maybe haven't pulled the trigger yet? Well, I would say that sooner is better, but it's never too late to get started. So if you're thinking about it, just make the first move, get something going. And from there, just have the discipline to continue saving for your retirement. And how do they find you if they specifically want to come to you? How do they find you? Where do they go? Well, I do have a small presence online, trusttreefinancial.com. And I'm on all the social media channels, but I'll tell you the most uh, frequent way that I get new prospects and clients is through word of mouth. I take good care of my clients. They appreciate the work that I do for them. And thankfully, uh, they spread the good word. But I'm out there, trusttreefinancial.com, if anybody wants to look it up. Now, Brandon, you're based here out of North Carolina, but do you work with clients elsewhere? I am a virtual financial planner, so to speak. So even pre-COVID, I had grasped technology and used video conferencing to my advantage. And I still try to meet with clients face-to-face on an annual basis. That's kind of come to a halt here so far in 2020. Uh, So it's pretty much 100% telephone, internet, and video conferencing these days. But I'm always willing and able to meet people face-to-face. Great. And I guess, so for you to adapt with the COVID situation, it wasn't too hard. I mean, it sounds like you already had your uh, virtual business kind of established. Um, See any changes forthcoming in the future here after COVID's over? I mean, do you think you'll have more of a person-to-person presence, or you think you'll kind of stick with the virtual? I kind of like doing the virtual, and I think it was a trend that was picking up pre-COVID. Yeah. Now uh, we're seeing more and more advisors you know, working from home and trying to learn how to do video conferencing and all that stuff. So I'd like to think I was a little bit ahead of the curve, but now the space is becoming a little bit more crowded, so to speak, with more advisors doing at-home work. Yeah. Now, listen, most of the subject matter on this podcast deals with athletes of the professional grade who make millions and millions and millions of dollars. So people listening are probably wondering, well, I don't make that kind of money. Why would I need a financial advisor? What do you say to those people? That can certainly be the case. I mean, if you have the knowledge or the time, you know, or the expertise to to manage your own financial house, then sure, have at it. I mean, it's the same thing as, uh, I don't know, changing the oil in your car. You, know, if you have the time and expertise and knowledge to do it, have at it. But if you believe in outsourcing and you know, want a professional to help you along in the process, and if you don't want to be bothered with it, then I think it makes sense for anybody of any net worth to work with someone who can give you sound advice. Well, that was my next question. Do you have a, is there a minimum net worth? People, people sometimes worry about, well, why, you know, this financial advisor says I need to have at least a million dollar net worth before they'll actually advise me. Uh, do you have any type of set criteria or limitations when you're considering new clients? At my previous firms, there were standards. There was uh, certain firms that would not encourage you to find clients under 250000 And a lot of us, you're right, Brian, either don't have that now or don't think they're going to get there anytime soon. But there's a huge 
segment of the population that still needs help and guidance and you know they need help starting out. So part of the reason why I did go off on my own was so I can serve clients who may not meet that threshold, but they still need help and I want to help. So in that vein, not necessarily a minimum. I'm willing to help provide guidance and get people started almost with no money. That's good to know. And I think that a lot of um, listeners will probably be relieved to hear that. And just as a disclaimer, by the way, I do not work with Brandon Oprey. He is not my financial advisor. I do not have Trust Tree Financial as my financial advisors. Just like, so I have no stake in our conversation here today, I guess, financially. Um, but I do know Brandon comes highly regarded from a lot of people I do know and a lot of mutual friends. And uh, he's got a good rapport and a very successful thing going on for the last three years. Now, Brandon, I'm also aware that you have sort of a side thing that you do related to a charity. Perhaps you can or want to discuss that a little further. Yeah, I'd like to say it's a side hustle, but it doesn't pay me anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I started a charity 11 years ago. It's called A Prom to Remember. And what we do is we put on a prom for teens who are battling cancer. Uh, so we're unable to have the event this year, but it is something that I lead. Uh, you know, we have a board of directors. I'm the president of the board and a lot of good help uh, putting on this prom for kids with cancer. So I do that in my spare time. How, how did that, how is that unfolding this year? Are you guys, I know that you have mentioned to me that there's been some alterations, obviously because of the COVID stuff. What have you guys figured that out yet? Yeah. So unfortunately we, we can't have an in-person prom this year, but what we are doing is having a virtual prom in October. Uh, so we're very much looking forward to that. And uh, we hope to get some celebrities and guest stars. We usually get a lot of the Miami dolphins that come to our event since we do it in South Florida. Um, but we're looking for some special surprises for the kids, even if it's virtual this year. And if people listening want to get involved or, uh, Maybe donate time or money or perhaps have some resources that may be interesting or available to the charity? How can they get in touch with the charity? What, where should they go? Who should they contact? Yeah, very nice of you, Brian. I mean, there's a lot of great charities out there doing good stuff. And we're certainly not out there trying to raise money for research or find the cure to cancer. There's plenty of other charities that do that. But if you are willing and able and want to contribute to a charity that gives memories, special memories, unforgettable memories to kids uh, battling cancer. You can find us at aprom2remember.org. Awesome. So that's cool that you have a lot of uh, professional athletes that kind of uh, help out and participate. Um, the least they could do, <laughs> if you ask me. But um, that's, that's awesome. So listen, now Brandon also has some questions for me, as a lot of our guests do. When they come on the podcast, it's not simply here to plug their thing, but they also have some general questions about sports and sports injuries. So we're going to take a short break from the segment here. And when we come back, uh, Brandon's going to hit me up here for some questions and information. So we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hey, this is Sean Colas with the Perkentile and Creamery. We are the premier coffee, ice cream, and dessert bar in the Charlotte metro area. We're thrilling people with our amazing interior design, our incredible customer service, and the quality of our offerings. We have a beautifully designed 1920s mercantile-themed monochromatic throwback where people feel excited by their surroundings and blown away by their treats. We're great for business meetings, families, couples, and you. Ask about our room rentals for meetings, events, or parties. We're nestled next to the Concord Mills Mall behind Verizon and in the same building as McAllister's in Concord, North Carolina. If you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, get in your car, drive over to the Perkentile, mention that you heard us on Brian Scott's amazing Injuryless Podcast 2020 and receive 25% off your purchase. From Morning Perks, Family Perks, Today perks and self perks. The Perkentile and Creamery makes your day a little sweeter. Stop by first thing in the morning with easy online ordering and curbside pickup. Or meet up with friends at Concord's best new hangout. Everything's freshly baked and brewed right here. So find your perk today at the Perkentile and Creamery. All right, we're back here at the Injured List. Your host, Brian Scott, here with our special guest. Brandon Opry from Trust Tree Financial. Now uh, we learned a lot about Brandon, his business, his line of work, his company, and uh, hopefully you guys got some good information there. Hopefully you'll reach out to him if you have any additional questions. You can also actually reach out to him. At, Brandon, what was the name of that other website? BrandonHelps.com. Great. So yeah, if you guys uh, want to make it easier on yourself, just uh, go to that website and ask Brandon some questions and he'll get back to you right away. So Brandon, now you have some questions for me. I know that you participate in some fantasy football leagues. I think you might even actually be the coordinator, I guess, if you will, of one. Um, how would your first week go so far? So far, so good. I, I, I usually like every team that I, that I draft, uh, and I'm feeling pretty good once again uh, after one week here. But uh, yeah, some of my questions are about fantasy football, and as it relates to, let's say, the NFL I don't know if you have any players in mind that you want to discuss, but I often listen to these so-called experts on Sirius XM or wherever else talking about players and injuries and how that affects fantasy values and stuff like that. So I don't know if you had any specifics that you wanted to address, but I find that very interesting, the whole injury aspect and how it molds people's fantasy teams. Well, I don't know who you have. Uh, do you know who's your defense on your fantasy team. Well, I'm a Philadelphia sports fan, so of course I have the uh, Eagles on a couple fly, of my Eagle, teams. Fly. Oh boy, fly Eagles, fly with the wings of victory, right? Is that it? Yeah. Well, Denver Broncos defense took a hit this uh, past week, as maybe you've heard. Von Miller went down with an injury, and um, he apparently dislocated his peroneal tendon, which is a kind of a fluke thing. I mean, it happens. Uh, can't say I've seen a lot of the acute peroneal tendon dislocations. A lot of times we see more of the chronic, what's called subluxations, where the tendon will actually slide back and forth out of place. And for those of you who don't know, it's a tendon that basically is a muscle in the lower leg on the outside compartment of the lower leg, runs down, wraps. Well, there's actually three tendons, technically, if you want to get technical about it, but two of them are the major ones. The uh, one wraps behind 
that bone on the outside part of your ankle, which is called your malleolus, that is your fibula. One wraps in front and then one kind of wraps behind and then underneath the back of the foot and dives into the foot. The one that's most commonly injured is your peroneus brevis, which is the one that basically attaches right down here on the base of your uh, fifth metatarsal on the outside part of your foot. But those muscles are important. They help uh, provide a little bit of stability to the ankle and the foot. Um, they're important for, uh, to assist with other motions such as plantar flexing or pushing off, changing directions and cutting, jumping, running, that kind of stuff. So to, ha to have the dislocation means that, that there's a, what's called a retinaculum. Basically, this piece of tissue that slides over the tendons that kind of holds it in the spot that it's supposed to be so that it doesn't slide back and forth over that fibula bone. And if that retinaculum gets the tendon can become unstable and shift out of place. Um, Sounds painful. Uh, yeah, it usually is. Um, it's usually more uncomfortable and kind of awkward, I guess, for patients when they first have it. But the acute injury is probably more painful than the chronic one. The chronic one tends to be, oh, this tendon just kind of slides back and forth. I don't know why that happens. And it pops every once in a while. But the acute one, I'm guessing, is probably more painful. Now, so how do you fix that? Well, you got really the only way to fix that is with surgery. Um, usually what happens is they have to repair the retinaculum. Sometimes though, if the tendon, the groove that the tendon slides through is very shallow, and sometimes they'll actually go and deepen the groove. And that's usually required, uh, require some deepening of some of the grooves in the bone. So there's a little bit more to it than just simply repairing the retinaculum sometimes. It depends on what you see when you go in there. But the, the issue with Von Miller and the issue with these types of injuries is this is a soft tissue repair. So it requires extensive time to heal before you're really able to start pushing it and do anything. So I think they're saying three months and that sounds about right. You know, problem is we're in COVID 2020 and not a lot of time for these guys to get better and get back on the field. There's really not a lot of downtime this year. Um, and with the shortened preseason, you know, some people might say, yeah, maybe this was related to that. I'm not so sure it was. This is kind of a fluke freak thing. Uh, you could be in great shape. Uh, he probably just twisted the wrong way or made one sudden move the wrong way and it just kind of got him. So now it, it, if the tendon itself is fine, then it should just be a straightforward repair. If he actually injured the tendon as well, then that's a whole other separate issue. So I, I, I don't, according to the reports, the surgery went well and they're giving him a three-month timetable. So my guess is that it was probably just that retinaculum that tore and the tendon itself was probably fine, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, Von Miller's a monster and uh, the heart and soul of the defense. So. And apparently already, already beat COVID. <laughs> yeah. According to reports we've seen too and had come back from that. So that's unfortunate for him. He already kind of dodged one bullet, but couldn't dodge a second. Um, but yeah, that's a big hit for the Denver Broncos. So whoever's got th that defense in your league uh, might be rethinking that pick. <laughs> yeah, you can pick up the Eagles if they're available. <laughs> there you go. Um, there's been a couple of minor stuff going on with injuries in the NFL. Other than that, though, uh, you know, only one week in, there really hasn't been much. You might contribute that to uh, or attribute that to the fact that there really was no preseason, which has been a big uh, topic of discussion amongst fans for years uh, and owners and players alike is getting rid of all the preseason games because it simply just does nothing but cause injury. And so if you can spare these guys having to go out there in a couple weeks additional and put on pads and get hit, it might be more beneficial to their overall health throughout the course of the year. So, and I'm, I'm a proponent of that. I mean, there really is no reason 
these guys to have to suit up. I mean, the only thing I can see it being beneficial for is when you're trying to kind of weed out your roster and figure out who, who you really want to keep and cut. But I mean, starters strapping on pads three, four weeks before the actual season starts. I'm not so sure I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. I was never a big fan of the preseason myself. So yeah. kind of glad they're bypassing it this, this year for whatever reason. Now, uh, any other questions I can answer for you? Perhaps you have your own issues that you maybe are dealing with or uh, outside of fantasy football. Um, can help you with those if you uh, had a time for some more questioning. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> well, I did want to ask you oh, about, yeah. um, I saw on the news recently, Alex Smith is back. Um, oh, yes. And I think he made the cut for the Redskins, if I'm not mistaken. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, everybody's kind of uh, hopeful and I've met him before and he's a nice guy. I'm kind of pulling for him. But what are your thoughts from, a, from an injury perspective and his outlook? So I did a, a, a whole episode on this and there was a great E60, I believe, uh, episode called Project 11, which was one of the most detailed and in-depth uh, looks at a player battling a sports injury in his recovery that I've ever seen before. It was really well done. Um, the ESPN person who actually was the interviewer is a physical therapist by trade as well, and she was great. And I gave my opinion during that episode, so you should go back and listen to it. But... Um, uh, I think it's more just out of um, honor for him to be put on the 53-man roster. I don't think it, deep down they seriously think he's going to actually step on the field and play. Um, he looks pretty good. I mean, he looks great when you consider what he went through and what the outcome was for his leg. He suffered severe nerve issues. I mean, he lost probably more than 50% of the muscle tissue in his lower leg from infection. He has to wear a special brace when he's out in the field playing. And all that taken into consideration, the fact that he's actually doing what he's doing on the field is amazing. My biggest concern is he gets hit one more time and that thing just, just shatters or something else really traumatic happens. And man, then you're talking like really, really serious complications. And I think deep down, the ownership and the coaching staff probably feels the same way. And I, I, I would bet deep down that the medical team probably feels the same way. <laughs> Even though, you know, he's been cleared and they say, oh, there's no more risk than it was before. I'm not really buying that. Um, the fact that he's just able to do every normal day stuff, like get up and walk, is pretty miraculous. So I think it's more just to kind of say, hey, Alex, we appreciate you. We know you're a great leader. Um, he's been a great you know, person to have uh, on your team. He's been a, a role model to many. Um, and he's just an overall good guy, like you said, which has been, is a consensus among most people. I think they're just doing it really because they feel, you know, like he's a inspiration to other players and he's a good role model to other players. And I think for that reason alone, he's worth a roster spot. His salary is guaranteed. Even if he didn't suit up to play a single game this year, he's still getting his money. So it's not about that. Um, they could cut him and he's still going to get paid. But I think they see the value in keeping somebody like him with his personality, his drive, his ambition, his fortitude to get through this type of injury. I think they see that the value in that. And that's why they're keeping him on the roster. Plus they got a young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins and there's no better person to learn from in the quarterback room than Alex Smith. I mean, he's had tremendous success wherever he's been, despite um, not always being the most praised quarterback. And he was doing excellent when he was with the Redskins prior to the injury. He had them basically in playoff contention and was probably the best quarterback they've had in years. 
So yeah, you know, good points. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish him well, but you're right from a leadership and inspirational standpoint, I can see where it does make sense for him to be on the sideline, holding the clipboard or whatever it may be. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see how Dwayne Haskins does. Um, They've also got, I think they got the guy from Carolina, right? Kyle Allen, the former quarterback with the Carolina Panthers. But I, I think it'd be very optimistic to say he's actually going to get in, start, and contribute. I think we'll probably end up seeing him take some snaps at some point. I think it will be more as a ceremonial kind of send-off toward the end of the year rather than, a, you know, we got to win this game to get in the playoff kind of thing. We need Alex Smith back there because his mobility is just not what it was. And I don't think it's going to be enough to, uh, to protect him on the field play on a Sunday when guys are barreling down at you, trying to knock you over repeatedly. Uh, I just went worry from a medical standpoint. I worry, <laughs> but it's, it's a miraculous recovery. One of the best stories I've ever seen as far as, and one of the worst sports injuries I've ever seen. Um, not so much from the injury itself, but more from the complications that developed afterwards. I've never seen that happen to any athlete I've ever dealt with. And that was serious stuff. Very serious stuff. Those are things that you typically see. And this is what they referenced in the documentary. You typically see in um, like lower extremity injuries from like war, gunshot wounds, bombs, um, high speed motor vehicle accidents. That's typically what you see happen to his leg from the trauma. You don't typically see that from a routine kind of sports thing. I do have one last question. Yeah, shoot. Uh, and it does pertain to me. I, I know I talked to you about this uh, prior to the show, but we talked about knee injections, right? Yes. What, what do you know about, let's say, NFL players? Are they getting any kind of knee injections? Do they opt for surgery because that's the better way to go? Or do you have any insight or known cases of people getting knee injections to prolong not getting surgery? Absolutely. It's uh, probably more common in professional sports than people realize because a lot of times it just doesn't get reported. But uh, there are many different types of injections. Let's be clear about that. We're not always talking about cortisone, which is what people automatically assume in their head that we're talking about. There are other forms of injections. Cortisone is probably used more sparingly than people think. The more common injections these days are probably more along the lines of what's called PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, which is basically um, when they take a specimen of blood from the individual, they spin it down in a centrifuge, and they basically take out certain materials from that blood. So you, your blood is filled with a lot of different things. You've got red blood cells, white blood cells, you've got all these different things. You've got platelets, and you have plasma. Plasma has some basically immature cells. It has platelets, and all that stuff is good to kind of promote healing, so the research says. Um, and so the theory goes. So what they do is they'll take the blood, spin it down, get that platelet-rich plasma, or PRP for short. And sometimes they'll inject that into certain body parts. Uh, mostly they're using it for chronic problems like tendonitis. They use it a lot for people with like what's called jumper's knee or patellar tendonitis. Um, sometimes they'll use it for Achilles problems um, and various other stuff. Uh, baseball pitchers may get it sometimes in their elbow if they have some elbow issues. Um, so there's a lot of known uses for that. And I believe... Um, if looking back, I think a lot of players have had that done, uh, especially in the NBA. They use it a lot for knee stuff. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of NFL players have had that as well. Um, there are some other injections. 
there's prolotherapy, which is a form of injection um, that's basically just injecting like, um, I guess saline, I guess for better, for lack of uh, knowledge, but it, it's, it's not really medication. It's not steroid. It's not platelet-rich process. It's just other stuff like saline, just to basically trying to stimulate the inflammatory response to generate healing. So that's another form of injections. There's also uh, high hyaluronic acid injections, which is more for people with arthritic, arthritic knees. And that's a, 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 an injection that basically has a hyaluronic acid cells that are in there, which is a normal thing found in our joints when we're very young and throughout our life. And as we get older, the theory is that we don't make as much of that stuff. And that basically forms like a protective layer on the cartilage. Um, so the theory goes that you inject more of that, you might form a new protective layer and hopefully slow down the progression of uh, arthritis. In, in fact, I think Jed Lowry uh, of the Mets may have been getting those injections because he's been on the shelf forever after he had some knee issues while he was on the Red Sox, I believe. And he's basically played a handful of games or something for the Mets. And the guy has not been able to get on the field. And it's been all because of this knee issue that he has. They haven't really been very clear about it. My guess is he's probably got some underlying arthritic changes in his knee that have just prevented him from getting back on the field. And I think from what I read that he may have been getting some HA injections. So those are um, the more common injections you hear about. Yeah. I was just wondering, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid forties and I, I still like to, run around and put some wear and tear on my joints uh, <laughs> playing basketball and whatnot. But I, I just think about these guys who are maybe twenties and thirties, their ankles, their knees, their shoulders, you know, probably stiff or sore. I just wonder if, if they get a little lubricant sent in there every now and then just to kind of keep them going. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, again, not, that's not always widely reported. A lot of that stuff is kind of happening behind the scenes, deep, deep in the training room or in the doctor's offices. Um, but I, I will tell you that most physicians are, uh, use that stuff very sparingly. You don't, there, there are uh, instances where the injections are not indicated. And if you're going to go out and play a sport at a very high competitive level in 24 to 48 hours and you're getting shots, um, it's got to be a very specific location for a very specific reason that you're getting it done because otherwise you could potentially risk them getting a more severe injury. Um, tendon ruptures can happen very easily after cortisone injections anywhere near a tendon. So um, you don't typically want to be doing that on guys that are going to be suiting up on Sunday, getting out in the field and hitting and banging for you know a couple hours. You, you don't want to be injecting cortisone into certain areas of the body at certain times leading up to competition. So I can tell you that's known fact. Uh, it's been medically researched and proven. So, you know, these guys, I'm sure if they're doing, it, I hope if they're doing it, they're doing it very sparingly and are very conscious and aware of the indications, contraindications. But yeah, good question. That's not always talked about in the media. You don't always hear about that in reports. And um, I'm sure there's guys that get more than they probably should or more than we even realize just to keep them going. You know, probably some of those older, more veteran players. I'm sure they've all had injections at some point in their career. Some guys maybe rely on them. I hope not because that's not a good sign, but um, it would not surprise me if that's the case. Well, those are some great questions. I'm glad we were able to answer them for you, Brandon. And we're glad to have you on the show. So we got some good information about financial health and now we got some good information about sports health. Well, uh, no, thanks for having me, Brian, but I do have a parting gift for you. Oh, well, I wasn't expecting this. As an appreciation of having me on the show today. Oh. 
Is it a t-shirt? Because you have an awesome t-shirt. It is a t-shirt. It is an awesome t-shirt. <laughs> One of the very few. This is limited edition. This is great. Uh, it's a financial freedom is closer than you think. Uh, that's my tagline at Trust Tree Financial. So, Brian. This is awesome. Please wear it. Wear it often. Wear it proudly. Oh, it's a medium. I'm going to have to. I think you're telling me I got to get in the gym. <laughs> I'm going to have to slim down to get into this. <laughs> hey, I think, I think you look great shape, Brian. Come on. <laughs> and for those of you that can't see because we're not on video, uh, it says, we've got your back. And it's two stick figures. And one guy's literally holding the other stick figures back. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I like to envision uh, you know, how I help people. So I thought it was kind of punny. and uh, Very good. Very nice. Created a shirt. We're very proud to wear this around and flaunt it wherever we go. And uh, first gift we've ever gotten here on the injured list from our guests. That's great. Let that be, a, uh, let that be known to the other guests who are coming next. We expect gifts. <laughs> Yeah, frame it on your wall if you want, Brian. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> thanks for joining us again, Brandon. It's been great having you on. Brandon Oprah, everybody. Trust Tree Financial. Thanks for listening. We will be back after this. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Injured List. Special thanks to our guest, Brandon Opry from Trust Tree Financial. If you haven't already, by now, check out his website, www.trusttreefinancial.com. He's got some great free financial planning tools, calculators, and links to various other resources to help you get your financial future started. So drop a line to him, ask him any questions you want, and don't forget to mention that you heard him on the Injured List podcast. So once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. As always, stay safe stay healthy, and stay active. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. 